audio sermon streamed live from the Kingsway Christian Fellowship Home Service, Melbourne, Australia. A family Bible-based non-denominational church preaching Jesus Christ. Visit kingswaychristianfellowship.com. Now here is Pastor Werner Schultz preaching from the series Christ Jesus in the Book of Acts. Deeds Appropriate to Repentance from Acts 26, 19-29. So verses 19-29. to Let's read. So King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision, but, but kept declaring both to those of Damascus first and also at Jerusalem and then throughout all the region of Judea and even to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. For this reason, some Jews seized me in the temple and tried me to put me to death. So having obtained help from God, I stand to this day testifying both to small and great, say, stating nothing but what the prophet and Moses said was going to take place. That the Christ was to suffer and that by reason of his resurrection from the dead, he would be the first to proclaim light both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. While Paul was saying this in his defense, Festus said in a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you mad. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind most excellent Festus, but I utter words of sober truth. For the things known about this matters, I know that, through, that these things are in confidence, since I am persuaded that none of these things escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do. Agrippa replied to Paul, in a short time, you will persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I wish to God that whether in a short or long time, not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except of these chains. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful word. And wherever your word was preached and said, Lord, you worked through the Spirit of God. And I thank you also that you would teach us this morning something very important, Lord, that we might glorify your name. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord Jesus, that this morning might be a blessing for everyone, Lord, especially for those who are uh, perhaps not a member of the church and whoever hear the word of God, I pray that you will bless them. I pray, Lord, also give grace to speak your word, give grace to listen to your word, and also I pray give grace to act upon your word in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus. Amen. Deeds appropriate to repentance. Now Paul in his defense 
before Festus and King Agrippa had a highly Holy Spirit-charged hearing. We see and hear how the Spirit of God was moving in different hearts in this meeting. And also this morning, I pray and believe that the Spirit of God is going to move in our hearts and that we all might understand the things Paul was speaking about and that we might understand what the Lord wants us to do. Now, it looked like as a private meeting or Bible study with Paul. And I want to speak about these things. What did Paul speak about? And we read in verse 22 and 23. So having obtained help from God, I stand to this day testifying both to small and great, stating not, nothing but what the prophets and Moses said was going to take place, that the Christ was to suffer, and that by reason of his resurrection from the dead, he would be the first to proclaim light to both to those, the Jewish people, and to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Now we are reminded at the words here that Paul was speaking about the salvation in Jesus Christ, that he gave his life, and he referred very clearly to the promise in the Old Testament. He referred to the scriptures, to the prophets, and also to Moses. And that's very, very interesting. Remember, for Jesus to be able to suffer, and it looks like is for Paul a very important message that Christ suffered for our sins. Now, in order to be able to suffer for us, he had to have a human body. And that's so important. And Jesus got this human body at his incarnation. And as we read very clearly, the angels were singing, glory to God in the highest in the fields of Bethlehem, and Jesus' baby, he spoke his first words, and he said, therefore, when he comes to, into the world, he said, sacrifices and offering you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. This body of Jesus was so important and is important. And especially in these days, we remember what Jesus did for us, that he went to the cross and gave his life. And his sacrifice is valid for every, every person. Preaching without what Jesus did on the cross is not the gospel. The gospel is this, what Jesus did on the cross. It was there on the cross when Jesus said, it is finished, hallelujah. And that's why it's so important that we remember ourselves as well. Usually when we had our communion together in the congregation, it was always being mentioned that Jesus spoke this word, it is finished. And in these words is our faith anchored, hallelujah. And that's great. It's not just about the wonderful teachings of Jesus, as great as they are. But the final words, 
at the cross. He took my sins up on him. So that's why Paul is coming here to this point very, very importantly. You might remember when I preached at the congregation the last Sunday we were together, I spoke about Paul's commission by Jesus. And there were a few things, and we read it. Paul got this commission from the Lord that he should open people's eyes to turn from darkness to the light, from dominion of Satan to God, and forgiveness and an inheritance of those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Now, what does it actually mean? Deeds appropriate to repentance. That is so important. Paul's gospel was not different in any way that Jesus and even John the Baptist preached. And let's look at the scripture in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. But when he, that is John the Baptist, saw many of Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers who want you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore, bear fruit of keeping with repentance. That is almost the same what Paul was saying at his defense before uh, uh, King Agrippa. And that's important for us as well to understand what are deeds appropriate to repentance. First, I would say the first thing we could say is this here, deep sorrow over our sins. Now the Apostle Paul spoke about very clearly about sorrow in chapter or in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 10. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces repentance without regret, leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world produces death. We see here something, and Paul refers to that, what he was saying to the church, and he rebuked the church for a certain situation. Of course, it made them sorrow or feel sorrow. But Paul says, now this is a godly sorrow, a godly sorrow over our sins is actually a deed according to or appropriate to repentance. That's so important. Do not brag about your sins. Sins never ever made anyone a hero. And we remember the time of the so-called Jesus people. Many he came, they many came out of drugs. And they had a very bad life. And there's one man we all know from the book, The Cross and the Switchblade. It is Nicky Cruz. And his story was very remarkable. Not only what he did before he met Jesus, but his life was totally changed. And I believe he never ever spoke about as heroism of his life before. 
he spoke about the grace of God, and that's so important. In one book, David Wilkerson experienced something he, when he was traveling and preaching throughout the states and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of course, people were waiting that he would speak about those who were horribly into sin and drugs and so on. And a young kid from the church said, what about us? Somehow she sensed that these people were put into the light and were actually admired in one way. But nobody admired those who came to Jesus, perhaps only through a Sunday school, and I would call them Sunday school converts. I tell you, young people, if you never ever went into all these horrible sins, you haven't missed anything at all. Be glad that the word of God was preached to you, explained to you, perhaps in Sunday school, and you put your faith in Jesus in a Sunday school conversion of your life. And it's so important that we understand these things. Now, was the grace or was the salvation of Nikki Cruz's greater than my salvation, I must say, I never ever was drunk. I never ever used drugs. I never ever did these things. What people sometimes think, you have to experience these things. No, you don't have to. The grace of God is so wonderful. He could save even someone who grew up in the church and so did the Lord do it with me. He saved me. And I still remember that night on a Thursday night in the beginning of May. When I came to Jesus Christ, my heart was broken about my sins. Although I couldn't claim all these things others had. But I was a sinner and I came to Jesus. That was the day when I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Deep sorrow over our sins is one of the very important deeds appropriate to repentance. The next thing is a clear confession of sin. David speaks about this in Psalm 32, verse 5. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Isn't that wonderful? He spoke about these things to the Lord. He confessed his sin. A clear confession of our sin is important. This is a deed appropriate to salvation and repentance. Hallelujah. There was a meeting, an evangelistic meeting. The evangelist spoke about the word of God and a number of people got saved. It was not just by lifting the hands, but he also went deeper. And after the service, 
he invited all those who wanted to give their life to Jesus Christ into a room where he could explain the work of God and the way of salvation, putting the faith in Jesus Christ again. And then the whole group went onto their knees praying. And while they were all praying, the evangelists went through the rows and listened what people were praying. And there was a young lady, and she always, she always repeated a sentence and said, I can't forget the sight. I can't forget that sight anymore. And all of a sudden, the evangelist got, uh, listened up and said, what is this, what you pray always? And then a dark side of your former life was enveloped before the Lord and this um, evangelist. She confessed this sin. And all of a sudden, faith took hold in her heart that Jesus has forgiven even these things she couldn't forget her whole life. And the Lord made her to forget, and the Lord forgave her sin. She found peace through the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. These are deeds of, of repentance. These are deeds appropriate to repentance. If you never ever repented everything, even these things you're trying to hide before men, we can't hide anything before God. God sees our hearts. And that's so important that we understand. Now the other thing I want to speak about, even a deed appropriate to repentance is this restitution of unrightfully obtained goods. We all know the story of Zacchaeus. As he was longing for Jesus, Jesus was coming to that place and he climbed on a tree. We heard the story often about Zacchaeus who was on the tree. And Jesus passed by, and exactly on that spot, Jesus stopped. And from the tree, Zacchaeus, he thought, now I would be able to see Jesus wholly and totally. But he, before he knew, Zacchaeus heard the voice of Jesus. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. Today I have to enter into your house. And we read in Luke chapter 19, the verse, verse 8. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possession I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. Now Jesus said in verse 9, and Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. Remember, when did Jesus say, Today salvation has come to the house? Was it then when Jesus said, I will 
enter your house today. Zacchaeus, come down. No, it was after Zacchaeus opened up everything, also his business books, he opened up and he showed the Lord and said, Lord, if I've defrauded anyone in anything, I will pay it back four times. That's very important. And I know some people will say, oh, well, these are works. No, no. These are these, as Paul calls it, if I may read it again, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. If you never brought in order these things, I don't know what it might have been. Perhaps you as a businessman didn't declare everything to the tax department. This is something that's still perhaps in your heart and in your mind. You can't get rid of it. There's only one way, as Zacchaeus did. He confesses to the Lord. And that's so important. I remember it of my life. I gave my life to the Lord Jesus when I was 13 years old. I remember the times after the war. I was about perhaps 10, 11. And I remember there was a baker in our home there where we lived in that village. And he had a wonderful so-called bee sting. Remember, remember, that's a cake Germans know about. The German word is Bienenstich. And so I wanted once. Somehow I found an old ten penny piece. Now this old penny piece was not that valid one for that time because in Germany we had a new system, we got new money, and somehow the site where the uh, number was on looked almost like as the new 10 piece, uh, penny piece. And then I thought, well, this man behind the desk, he was an old man, and if I take this piece, because on the one side with the number on was alike, the new 10 penny piece. But on the other side, there was the German eagle with the swastika. If I would have paid, put this way uh, to the top, he would have realized this is valid money that is not valid anymore. And so he took the money, he saw the 10 uh, cents or cent penny piece, he put it into his cashier and gave me a beautiful beautiful bean sting. And so I went my way. After I gave my life to the Lord, and we had often so-called meetings where we prayed, especially over the, for the Holy Spirit. Yes, those were the so-called Terry meeting. Anybody knows about I'm talking these terror meetings where we were praying and asking about the Holy Spirit. We knew it's important for everyone also to experience, if you desire, the gift of the Holy Spirit or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I desired it, but there was always something in my mind. 
you have to fix up these things. And I still saw the tenpenny piece in my spirit. And what should I do? I always put it behind me and said, it's the grace of God that saved me. Yes, that is true. But if the Holy Spirit puts his finger on something in the life, in your life, you have to fix it up. You have to do it. And one day I said, Lord, I want to do it. I took, I took a one piece or one cent, a one mark piece, and I went to the shop. Unfortunately, this old man has died and passed away. In the meantime, his daughter was there, and I confessed my sins. I said, years ago, I came to this um, uh, store, and I had an old 10 penny cent or piece. And I said, I want to fix this up. I want to pay for it because it was not right from you, for me. And I confessed my sin. And I said, I believe now in Jesus Christ. And I sense in my heart, I have to do it. Now, this lady, she could perhaps not relate to the story. She took the one mark. That was almost 10 times what I had to pay. She took it and put it into cashier. But I tell you the joy I had after this, and that's something great. When we do these deeds appropriate to repentance, I don't know what is in your heart. It could be anything, but one thing is for sure. If the Spirit of God is speaking to you this morning, yield to the Holy Spirit. And I went home very, very, very happy. Hallelujah. Now the next thing is this. Distance yourself from worldly friends to join in worldly events. Ever since we came to Jesus, we have nothing to do with the world anymore. The only thing is to preach the gospel to the world. You will never win a worldly friend if you join in to worldly entertainments and things like that. He will or she will never believe you. You have to make a clear step I remember I have a good friend from Hamburg and he got saved then when he was a young man amongst elderly people. It was in a home Bible study or perhaps a prayer meeting where all went onto their knees. And this, my friend, he was convicted by the spirit of his sins. I don't know what he did, what he what was done in his life, but somehow the Spirit of God moved wonderfully and he put his faith in Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, light was switched on in his heart. Hallelujah. And that's what is important. Here in a so-called old-fashioned prayer meeting on the knees, he experienced the Lord Jesus. And later on, he became a minister of the word of God. Now, this, my friend, 
did not get saved by Christian rock music blasted into the kingdom of God. No, no. No rock music, even Christian, can blast anyone into the kingdom of God. You have to pray that you will be born again by the Spirit of God and be born into the kingdom of God. Now, when he came the next morning to his work, he worked in Hamburg on a ship, in a shipyard. And the first thing he said to his workmates, I'm no longer joining in with you in all the things we did here in the shipyard. And he said sometimes what they were doing were not nice things, but they were drinking, sitting somewhere in a corner, drinking and so on, passing the, part, the time by. But here now, he confessed clearly, I'm no longer joining in with you in these things. I am a child of God. Let your light shine. That's so important. Let your light shine that you are a child of God. Distance yourself from worldly friends to join in worldly events. Now, these are deeds appropriate to repentance. Now, while Paul was speaking before King Agrippa and Festus, all of a sudden, and we read it there in verse 24. While Paul was saying this in defense, Festus said in a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you mad. But Paul said, I'm not out of my mind. Most excellent Festus, but I utter words of sober truth. Hallelujah. That's important. And he knew very clearly that what Paul was speaking was the word of God. Now remember, if so-called scientists make statements contrary to the Bible, don't lose hope. It's unimportant what scientists say. I always said, wait for a while. Wait for a moment. Because the new knowledge of scientists will be very soon the contradiction of what they said before. But if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, it's always steadfast and it's always right. Jesus proved already very clearly. And we remember and read about Copernicus when he discovered something that Roman Catholic Church and many people in that time believed that the earth is a huge plate and we have to be careful that we don't drop off the edge, off the edge. But Jesus knew because he was and is the creator of the earth. When he created the earth, he knew he made it to be a ball. And that's why he could say very clearly, and that's a proof that Jesus was scientifically absolute right. 
in Luke chapter 17, the verses 34 and 36. Jesus speaks about that it is at his time when he is going to come. There will be day and night at the same time. We here in Australia have experienced it many, many times because our dear relatives in the Northern Hemisphere, they think not about when they ring us and it could happen that they will ring you at three o'clock in the night because they don't think about it's night in our Australia. Now Jesus said here, I tell you, on that night, there will be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other will be left. So Jesus is speaking of its time, of its time when he is coming. There will be a night. And then verse 36, two men will be in the fields. One will be taken and the other will be left will be left. Jesus knew exactly there will be nighttime and daytime at the same time when Jesus is going to come. Maranatha, hallelujah. And I want to say to everyone who is listening this morning, Maranatha, this is a time where we focus on Jesus. I don't want to speak about the coronavirus. I don't know any uh, things about not enough. But one thing I know, Jesus is still alive. Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? Praise the Lord. That is so good. Now when Paul now was challenged by, or when Paul challenged King Agrippa, Agrippa was convicted by the Holy Spirit so as much because Paul was challenging Agrippa, verse 27. Do you believe the prophets? I know that you do. Agrippa replied to Paul, In a short time, you will persuade me to become a Christian. Hallelujah. And what was Paul's response? And Paul said, I would wish to God that whether in a short or long time, not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, as I am except with these chains. Paul was still chained, but in his heart and his spirit, he was free and he preached the word of God. And I want to conclude my sermon with a scripture, and it's been read in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. It's so important. I don't know what the Spirit is doing in your life right now. I've been praying for this because I knew it's not easy to preach to somebody who is not being seen. 
You might see me, but I don't see every one of you. As it is when we are getting together in a fellowship and we are visible each to each other. May the Lord bless you and prepare your heart. Remember, that's what Paul was preaching to the Jews and also to the Gentiles. The gospel the Apostle Paul was preaching was not different to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus was preaching and also John the Baptist was preaching. Let's preach this gospel of Jesus Christ and Paul taught us here. God bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. Lord, I thank you that, that you gave grace to speak this word. You know, Lord, it was not easy for me. And I thank the Lord that you gave grace. And now I pray that your spirit might deepen these thoughts you put in my heart. And I was able to deliver to everyone who listened to your word. Blessed be your wonderful name. I thank you, Lord. Bless everyone who listened to this word in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Last song, and if you could all join us, we're going to sing I Have Decided to Follow Jesus.